0: Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're at episode number 1698, and thank you so much for joining me for it. Thank you so much for subscribing to the show. Thank you so much also to all the patrons who are helping to make this possible at patreon.com slash SW7x7. Yes, I'm still coming at you from Times Square in New York City. You can have a look down behind me if you're watching the video version of this And, you know, we are just going to jump right into the show, which is the second half of my conversation. With composer Ryan Shore. He is the gentleman who's scoring Galaxy of Adventures and before that Forces of Destiny, the two Star Wars uh, animated cartoon series that have premiered on YouTube and you've actually seen Forces of Destiny possibly on the Disney Channel as well. Galaxy of Adventures is his new and current project for Lucasfilm and there's other stuff that he's doing with Lucasfilm as well and we're gonna get into a lot of that stuff and how he is doing the amazing job that he's doing, which is rather more complicated than it might seem at first blush in the rest of the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. And I'll say this right now because we're going to sign out at the end of the interview. So I'll just simply say for the moment, may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. And let's get to the rest of my conversation with Ryan Shore. And do you find that's had an influence on the way that you end up conducting? Um, And I guess that sort of opens up the question as well as to how the, mu- how the music is created for Forces of Destiny and Galaxy of Adventures as well, because I imagine it's probably n- not necessarily on the same scale as it would be for a feature film production, but um, maybe I'm mistaken and you can set me straight on that.
1: Sure. Um, well, actually the scores that, that, that I have written for Forces of Destiny and I'm now writing for Galaxy of Adventures Um, are very much cut from that same type of cloth that, that Williams, um, I mean, he, 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 he's created, you know, the indelible music language of the Star Wars universe, um, you know, with his iconic themes and also with just his overall musical vocabulary, um, you know, just by being inspired by so much music that has occurred, you know, prior. Um, and so, um, So for, yeah, for me, that's a massive influence. And, um, we, we do those scores actually with the same scope and breadth of, of the orchestra and choir. Um, and, uh, so it's very much, you know, in that, you know, uh, vocabulary of star Wars.
0: Got it. And. You, to ask this question, um, you know, we are moving into a space where I am not necessarily as literate, and so I will, you know, in advance thank you for uh, for helping me along and the rest of our listeners along as well. But um, when it comes to John Williams, you know, his music, as I've read analyses here and there, I've heard the phrase "creative paraphrasing," like taking the works of luminaries like Holst or Strauss or Stravinsky or Wagner, and having things that are are similar but being able to vary elements of them and make them his own and you know is a that's something that you know you've seen in your own analysis of his work and how does that translate if it does to the way that you approach doing the work for say galaxies of galaxy of adventures is that you know kind of a way in which you could look at williams's work and in interpreting it for the purposes of these shorts and how much of it is, is your own composition just outright?
1: Sure. Um, so when I'm writing for, for these series, um, I'm not consciously thinking about, you know, other composers like Holst or Strauss or Stravinsky and, uh, Wagner. Um, I, however, we're all inspired by and learn from the the music masters and, you know, we stand on their shoulders. Um, so even though I'm not really thinking specifically like, oh, you know, what would Holst write in this moment? Um, I, I think it would be pretty difficult to just escape, or why would we want to <laughs> escape, you mm-hmm. know, the uh, all of that, you know, all that brilliance, um, you know, that, that, that has come before. Um, so uh, certainly for Force of Destiny Galaxy Adventures, you know, I, I continue creating from within that language, but at the same time, I'm of course composing from my own experiences. You know, every composer has their own sensibilities, um, and uh, you know, Williams is is, is is a massive influence on me, as are many other composers. Um, but I've you know I've studied John's music um, at great length. I've had the the great fortune of conducting some of his music in in concert. Um, and so I, I know the music really well and I'm certain that absolutely has an influence on me while, while I'm writing. Um, and then it's interesting on forces of Destiny, like the, the directive that I've been given on each series is a little different. So on, on star Wars forces of destiny, um, I used John Williams themes um, for, you know, any times those characters and obviously all those themes have already been um, established. And so I would use those themes, however, all the music what I, I wrote all the music originally and I would just quote his themes at the times that it was appropriate to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, Galaxy Adventures is a little different because Galaxy Adventures is the the um, each of, of the shorts are essentially like recreations from the original films um, where they might show a scene from you know one of the films or a character um, it's it's not necessarily recreated exactly like shot for shot where where it's like you know frame specific but um, but Galaxy adventures um, will uh, um, take scenes and then all you know from previous films and also, um, Will use original dialogue from the movies. Um, so, um, so on Galaxy Adventures, there aren't new actors that are that are speaking the lines. You know, if if you hear Han, you know it's it's Harrison Ford. Right. Uh, you know, and if you hear you know Leia, um, you know uh, it's Carrie Fisher. Um, and so they wanted to do that with the music as well. So there 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 are times where um, we're actually using. Recordings, John's music from the movies, um, actual, you know, the actual recordings, and then there are times where I'm composing original music, and sometimes it's it's weaving between the two, and so that's one of the challenges on on the series is how to make that all sound hopefully seamless. Um, and there are some episodes where it's entirely original by me. There are some episodes where it's a mix of the two. And hopefully um, when they're heard, um, hopefully the audience is not able to tell, you know, hopefully it just sounds like one cohesive um, score.
0: Yeah, I've watched just about all of them and I'm amazed at how seamless the experience is. So, um, you know, I'm not surprised to hear that there is, you know, some original stuff blended in and I'm a bit surprised and hopefully this comes across in a, you know, in a polite way that there is uh, you know, a selection that have totally original music in it because I would not have been able to tell the difference. So, I mean, that you know, to me at least, says that what you're composing is right, you know, on you know the same caliber and you know in the same you know feel as what Williams himself is composing. So, you know, I you know love the idea also that you would bring your own uh, experience and your own intuition into this as well, and I'm sure you are. But it still all feels
1: very much like Star Wars. Well, that's a great. I, I accept that as a great compliment because um, that's exactly what what I work on every day is 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 to hopefully make that sound um, in like like you've described. You know that it all sounds like it's one cohesive, um, you know underscore. So thank you.
0: So how does it? You know how does the process work generally, like for Galaxy of Adventures, just in terms of you know each episode. There've been, I think, something like I want to say it's about seventeen episodes that have been released so far. Mm-hmm. And you know, composing for just one minute, or you know, composing along with you know, blending and weaving for one minute, I you would think on the one hand, ah, it's just a minute, but I imagine that it's almost even more challenging because it's only a minute long. Can you you talk about the process of you know where you come in on a given episode of Galaxy of Adventures and and you know how your involvement starts and what and what
1: happens. Sure. So, um, I see the episodes before they are locked. Um, you know, they'll, they'll share with me works in progress so that I can begin to see what the episodes are about and, um, let them ruminate and gestate and process, um, within me. And then, uh, and eventually of course they, they lock the picture when it, when it's ready for scoring. And we, we do a spotting session, which is where, Um, I meet with the producers and the directors and the creators of the episodes and, and we talk about them and we talk about, um, what type of music we should have and what the function, the role of the music will be in the episode. Um, if we'll have music throughout the entire episode or not, or if if it's only going to be in certain places, we talk about exactly where it should start and where it will end. Um, it's interesting what you mentioned about, um, the lengths of the episodes that actually is really a challenge. Um, you know, when an episode is only a minute long, or sometimes they're they're longer than that, sometimes they're a little shorter than that. Um, it, it sort of presents its own challenge because, um, like an episode might be an action sequence or might have an action sequence in it. And, um, and then before you know it, the episode is done. So it's, it's kind of a challenge that you're, you're sort of ramping up and getting into something, but you still need to make it feel like you didn't just sort of end abruptly, you know, that, that, um, it didn't sound like hacked off or something like that, you know, (laughs) right? (laughs) you know, so we give a lot of thought, you know, to how, how to hopefully make that feel like a a cohesive story unto itself. Um, so, uh, that's pretty much the process. And, And then I'll write the music and, um, send it to them and, and they'll review it. And, um, if they have comments, then, um, you know, I'll make updates and, and we'll just, uh, we'll just collaborate back and forth and, until, uh, and, until the music
0: is approved. And then when you have to go you know in for uh, situations where some of the music for a given episode has to be, um, performed originally, as opposed to yeah. using, um, John Williams's, uh, recordings, mm-hmm. um, once it's approved, then you have to go into a recording studio with the full orchestra.
1: Um, n- no, on on Galaxy Adventures, um, I actually do the original composing in my own studio, uh, and and I don't I don't record it live.
0: So, are you? Um, does that mean that you are playing all the instruments for all intents and purposes?
1: And that feels like a stupid question in my mouth, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Uh, yes, essentially, um, I am performing all the instruments. However, uh, I'm not necessarily performing them. Like, I'm not taking a cello out of its case, you know, out of the closet and warming it up, and putting the rosin on the bow and setting up a mic. Right. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I do it within uh, my all of my gear. You know, I have a, a very large setup for, um, you know, with a lot of... Uh, um, a, you know, extremely high-quality sounds that I can compose with, and so that's actually another aspect of, of these projects is um, I, I work really hard to make sure that all that sounds hopefully as absolutely live as possible, especially because um, I'm I, as I'm editing sometimes or, or going transitioning between my music and and original recordings, so um, that adds sort of an additional challenge into it. You know, I find that if, if you do a score completely, um, you know, if if I do a score completely in my studio, um, you know, I work really hard to make sure it sounds live, but if you're not hearing it against another live recording, there can sometimes be a bit of a suspension of disbelief, you know, where you didn't have something to compare it against. Um, hopefully it sounds live unto itself. Um, but as soon as you play another live recording next to it, you kind of have to work all that much harder <laughs> to make sure that, you know, this stuff sounds real, because um, uh, if you transition back and forth, you know, it, it, can, it, it could be a giveaway. Um, but I work really hard to make sure that that hopefully never sounds that way.
0: Actually, it makes what you're doing sound even more impressive, considering how seamless it sounds when you actually watch the videos.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's something I work really, really hard to do, and and um, uh, and it's something I would do anyway. You know, I of course want the music to sound as, as great as it as, as it hopefully can, but it's a, definitely an extra challenge on this one.
0: So that means that you also have to have, um, I guess, access to the recordings from the um, from the soundtracks at kind of a deeper level. Like you're not just dealing with, you know, a CD or listening to it on Spotify and doing this, right? I mean, you actually have, you know, more detailed breakdowns of these recordings, I would imagine.
1: Not necessarily. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because um, uh, when, when you record an orchestra live and, and everyone's in the room and all the microphones are up, they're, you, you, you don't really have separation of, of the individual parts. Um, I mean, yes, there may be microphones right over the brass, and there may be other microphones right over the, the strings, but, um, to, you know, just to make an example, mm-hmm. but um, but they're all in one room. And when the trumpets start playing, their sound is going to be picked up in every microphone in the entire room okay yeah um, so so even though the strings you know are primarily getting the strings they're totally getting you know um brass and woodwinds and certain instruments cut through more than others um you know uh, one trumpet played really loudly could could obliterate an entire orchestra you know <laughs> um you know you could have an entire orchestra going nuts and you and you could you could have one piccolo that you know is playing above everything, and you can hear it clearly, because um, certain instruments just you know resonate in that way. Um, so, so if I'm using original recordings um, from the 1970s or the 80s, there there really aren't stems as we would call them, um, or stripes or splits or, or whatever you might want to call it. I, it's it's really just like you have the final recording um, that that would be on the soundtrack. So you have to be very creative on, on how to edit with that material if 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 I'm going to use any of that, because I don't I, if I'm going to use a section that's within a piece of music, I may not have a clean intro or or ending on that to work with. And so I have to, you know, find ways of being very creative to, to seamlessly go in and out of those pieces.
0: And would I be correct in imagining that you know part of the, the blending challenge also is the fact that when you are composing and you're creating the music in your studio, you don't necessarily have the benefit of having multiple instruments playing at the same time and being able to be caught on different microphones around the whole space. And so that creates sort of a sonic challenge for you as well.
1: Very insightful. That's a very insightful question. And that's entirely true. Um. The the all of these sounds that that composers use in their studios to you know replicate real instruments, um, you know those those sounds are constantly evolving to sound more and more real. And um, you know some of the things that 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 I concentrate on is making sure that all the instruments are seated in the correct positions in in the speakers so that. You know, if, if you would set up the orchestra where you have your first violins on the left, and if you're going to do split strings and you're going to do second violins on the right, or maybe you're going to keep first and second violins together on the left, and you're going to have brass on the, on the back right and percussion along the back, and, you know, these are all placements of, of instruments. And in order to sound realistic, um, I concentrate a lot on that, you know, to make sure that everyone is, se- is virtually seated properly, you know, within the space, and that way, um, they, uh, you know, blend together properly, you know, as though it was recorded, um, live with the right setup.
0: That in itself sounds so incredibly fascinating. And I would love to grill you more on that. (laughs) Um, I think I will have to save it for another time because I know that, um, I need to be able to let you go to your next appointments. And so, obviously you've got more with galaxy of adventures that's coming out this year. And, um, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? And also any other projects that you might have coming up that
1: you'd like to share with our listeners? Sure. Uh, you know, actually another, um, project that I'm doing is related to galaxy of adventures. Um, so there is the star Wars galaxy of adventures series that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And there's also an adjacent series. Yeah. With which is called Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures Fun Facts, mm-hmm. and I believe the Fun Facts episodes can be found on YouTube. Um, and I'm scoring them as well. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing both series at the same time, and the Fun Facts series is actually very different musically. Um, if, if if you go to to check them out, I don't do them with an orchestra. Um, they're very they're just a completely different musical approach entirely. Like I use um, a lot of synth-based sounds and non-acoustic type sounds. Um, so that's another series that I'm doing at the same time. Um, and there's an there's an animated film that I recently scored, and I'm so proud of it. It's called The Legend of Muay Thai Nine Satra. Hmm. and it's an animated feature film um, made in Thailand, and it's. Uh, it's a 96-minute animated feature, and I and I wrote a 96-minute orchestral score for it, recorded live, um, plus an original uh, pop song uh, that I did. Actually, I did two versions of that song. The song is called "The Love I Never Knew," and one version of it is in a montage in the film, which is sort of an orchestral treatment of that song, and then um, and then. There's another version of that song in the end of the movie, in the end credits, which is a top 40 version of that that song. Um, the movie has been playing already overseas in Southeast Asia primarily and um, and should be coming out in the United States hopefully later this year. So I'm just waiting to uh, to hear what will be happening with it, but I'm so proud of, of that film as well. That's
0: excellent. And congratulations on that, too. Is there, uh, is there anywhere that we can go online to find out more information about it and also uh, anywhere that uh, you would like listeners and viewers here to connect with you online or to follow more of your exploits as they're happening?
1: Um, I believe that there are some trailers, maybe teasers, for The Legend of Muay Thai, Nine Satra, which I'm sure can be found maybe on YouTube or um you know, I think they have a website, probably Facebook as well and other social media platforms. Um, and then for myself, my website is ryanshore.com, and uh, I, I try to keep active on Facebook and Twitter. And as of this week, I am now delving into Instagram. Ah, <laughs> Excellent. Um, I believe that my handles on all of those social media platforms like Twitter and Instagram is Ryan Shore, uh, all lowercase, no spaces. And on Facebook is Ryan Shore Music. Got it. And
0: I will include links to all of those in our show notes for this episode as well. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you so very much. You've been so generous with your time and your insights and sharing what's going on behind the scenes as you develop Galaxy of Adventures and Forces of Destiny before it. Again, thank you so much for your time, and I wish you greater and continued success with Lucasfilm and your projects outside of it, and can't wait to
1: see what else is going to develop with you. Thank you so much, Alan. It was really an honor to be on your show, and I really appreciate you asking me to do it.